You're listening to 101.9 FM KPCRLP Santa Cruz. Hi, my name is Christine Sneed, and you're listening to Drinks with Tony. Get on the Drinks with Tony show. Yeah. You're listening to Drinks with Tony. I'm your host, Tony Duchesne. Today on the show, we have Christine Sneed. She has a new collection of stories out. It's called Direct Sunlight. Hi, Christine. Hi, Tony. How are it's, you? I'm I'm good. As you can tell, like it's weird with my voice when I try to sound, you know, when I try to sound radio, all of a sudden it feels like I'm uh I'm trying hard with the lungs. I don't know what's going on. It's probably cancer. But um <laughs> nah, nah. I got it. No, it's you, emphysema instead. Emphysema. <laughs> so all right. I hope it's neither. Do you do you do that too, where if you like a little something happens, you're just like, oh crap, this is this might not be benign, and it's just like you just sneezed. <laughs> I do, you know, I do worry about that more as I get older. I used to be, I mean, I'm still not that likely to be hy- hypochondriacal, but I do think I worry more as I get older because I mean, you, I'm sure too, like you have family members who've had cancer. I have. And friends, I have friends my age who are in their early 50s or late 40s who have had cancer. And, you know, it's like, okay, it's not really going to get better after this. You know, it's we're not heading in the other direction. So we have to get used to this, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And and at the same time, I'm just I'm like not, you know, I haven't been eating processed food for like a while. And just, uh, you know, I'm very like, it just, it cracks me up when people like over 40 are like, they go to Taco Bell. I'm like, what? <laughs> Re- wait, what? You go to Burger King? Oh, yeah, I was in the drive through at Burger King and I'm just going, are you 18? What? <laughs> you know, you probably know like a huge, I mean, obviously there are lots of fast food restaurants and it's not just people under 40. I, I have to admit, I love snowballs. Those disgusting, like marshmallow covered chocolate cupcake things. Where, where are those? At? I love them. I buy them, you know, not infrequently. I think it's, I I've never really been a smoker or a drinker. So oh, okay. like sweets have been my Achilles heel. Oh, yeah, I'm kind yeah. of like, you know what? It's, it's, I don't, why, what you just need stuff like that occasionally. I love donuts too. <laughs> I do too. My problem, my problem is it's like, I just can't eat one. So I won't eat one, but I did. I treated myself because I was at Lawson's and they had Tony's chocolate bars today, you know, those, and, and it's Tony like the yeah. Yeah, I love those. Is it lonely or lonely? I thought it was lonely. <laughs> I posted it. It might be. I don't know. I thought it was chocolony, but I, I You're probably know. right. And I saw lonely and and then that's probably just my Freudian brain going. <laughs> <laughs> they poor have me. Poor me. <laughs> they're they're pretty and they also have those bright packages. They're very like primary colors. It sort of appeals yeah. to the child in us, I think. Yeah, and it's named Tony, so I have to get it. So yeah, that was my dessert today after my whatever I ate that they put in the uh, the prepared cabinet at Lawson's. Lawson's is great. I wish we had one in Pasadena. That I think the closest one's in Echo Park. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's kind of new too in the last five years. That's pretty cool. Oh. And you, yeah. I think they're closed on Sunday. I think it's owned by a family that's um the, I think they're Mormon. religious and they yeah, close I think, on Sundays. I think it's a Mormon run company. Oh okay. yeah. 
That's what I heard when I first came to LA. And then I was like, you people. And then I was like, ooh, this is good. <laughs> well, they're probably not as evil as Hobby Lobby. I think they're also <sighs> Sundays. What what is Hobby Lobby? What is that? I think there's some in Southern California. Maybe not. It's a southern, I think it's based somewhere in the Bible Belt, and they they like fund Republican candidates and um I, I can't remember, you know, what, I, what I've read, but I, they, I remember at some point my partner telling me that, you know, they, they definitely have a conservative agenda and it's oh, a yeah. big craft company. They have like, you know, people who make, who do scrapbooks and make wreaths and just. Oh yeah. I, I think really, I've heard of them. Yeah. yeah, yeah like yeah. if you think of the, country charm type that's just right. like this huge box store full of dried flowers and stickers and right some balls that you can poke i think my ex-wife <laughs> took me there once and then now she's my ex-wife so that's <laughs> I, <laughs> that I all worked that. out well <laughs> i and i think brides a lot of brides go there because there's all sorts of bridal accoutrements and like jordan almonds and huh you know those candy coated almonds so there's oh there, yeah those are good those are really good yeah i know I, I was like i almost bought um the almond that i was at albertson's and they those almonds that are really good and salty blue diamond almonds and then i just looked on the packaging and back and it was just and, and I'm, I'm trying to stay away from seed oil and it was just like seed oil was like the third or fourth like ingredient oh really like, yeah i'm like oh were come they coated on with something uh it's just probably how they're processed I, oh okay. I've, yeah, I've, we... I've turned into a lunatic because I've just been uh, trying to get healthy, lose weight. You know, I brought my—I don't know if I've told you this on our uh, on our middle-aged uh, writing meetings that we have outside of recording ourselves. But um, <laughs> did I tell you that I lost a lot of cholesterol? Did, did oh my god, about? good for you! That is not easy. I, like three years ago, I was at two fifty-four. I just clocked in at one thirty-eight. One thirty-eight. One thirty-eight. That is the lowest I've heard. Of anyone that congratulations. Yeah. That's really low. Even my doctor is just like, oh my God. And he's like, what did you do? And I'm just like, no more processed foods, drinking a lot of water. I have the flaxseed, yeah, I all the everything correct in my diet and I'm exercising. And I lost a bunch of weight. And he's just like, Well, your cholesterol is better than mine. So <laughs> that's really good. Holy cow. Yeah. So I like yeah. I like to I like I want to get a t-shirt that says my cholesterol now. <laughs> No statins for you. No, I would. And I was on, they were a little scared. So during COVID, I was on statins for about a year. And then they were just like, wait a second, you got this like way down. Let's see, let's get you off this and then do another test. And then uh, I was off it for a while. And then it's just like, because those statins aren't great. You don't want to be on them. No, if you can avoid it. I mean, any drug you have to take until you breathe your last is, I mean, it's probably not something most of us want to do. Yeah. Well, I don't want to breathe my last. I want to avoid that. How do we avoid that? I, you know, if you figure it out, you will, uh, you, you'll be the most, you'll win the Nobel Peace Prize. You know, yeah. you'll. No, no. Hold on a second. You think <laughs> I'll tell people if I figure it out? <laughs> well, you, if you want to make a lot of money, you know, and right. you want your bunker for when climate change i mean right like, right like, no it's just bringing like bringing this you know, to a dark place yeah it's, you know it's like 2063 and 
Tony hasn't changed since 2024. <laughs> like Tuck Everlasting. I don't know if you remember <laughs> that that book, the kids book where no, no, they made a movie out of it where this family had somehow drunk from, I think it was like the, I can't remember the name for it, but the Fountain of Youth, that's what it yeah. is. They, they just never, they didn't get old. So they had to keep moving because, you know, after a while, if they lived in the same place, they, people would notice that they hadn't changed. So I can't remember the the how the book ends. It and this and so this is a ago. children's book. So they're giving children existential dread because <laughs> they're like, look, here's what you can have, but you're yeah. never gonna get because you're gonna die. I can't remember the age group, but I'm pretty sure it was YA or or yeah. like grade, middle grade or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I'd read yeah, it to I, your six year old because you know when people get old and die, what you're going to do. Don't worry about it. But let's pretend you're not for thirty minutes. <laughs> It was so sad because these, you know, I, if I remember correctly, this family would make friends and get entrenched in the community, but then they had to leave eventually. So it's good know. conflict. I mean, that is that storytelling wise. What a great, what a great story to yes. um, go. Wait a second. Yeah. That's what, what a beautiful thing to find the fountain of youth. Now, what are the problems associated with that? Cause, cause no one yeah. gets off uh, without problems, even if you found the fountain of youth. And also you wonder like, well, what if the planet did eventually explode and you were indestructible? So are you just going to be floating through, you know, the universe oh. for, into for all time? I don't, you know, that could be really cool because you could probably float to another universe at some point and find all the other people from the other planets that exploded. You know, I, I don't, I mean, this is, this brings up, this is exactly where I wanted to go with our conversation. Do you really think <laughs> we're alone? Do you think, do you think that there's, I mean, there's gotta be other things out there that have something, you know, there's gotta be something in this mass beyond galaxy, or do you think we're alone in this? Well, I mean, I don't know if you listen to Desert Oracle, Ken Lane. No, but I know who that is. And I and I and I have him on my radar to listen to him and read his stuff. Yeah. He's great. And I yeah. really like his podcast. It's you can get it, of course, you know, like Apple Podcasts, but he I think he only makes an episode like once every week or two, every couple of weeks, because mm -hmm. he does it every Thursday nights, I believe, or Friday nights in Joshua mm -hmm. Tree. He on the one of the radio stations there and then but he he writes a lot and talks a lot about UFOs and yeah. I think he really believes he makes a convincing case. I mean, I, I've always assumed that the odds are there are sentient creatures somewhere else, just like, you know, the debate about like ghosts and I'm not, right. I'm not like someone who wants to be like a ghost hunter or anything, but I do think there are phenomenon that sort of defy explanation in rational terms mm -hmm. you know but i'm not i mean it's not something i spend a lot of time thinking about it i think i'm just open to the possibility what are you that way as well or do you really believe in ufos or ghosts or something i well i don't know a, a really good friend of mine which i still I, I need to give him a call back sorry Dell, i'm calling you back if you're listening um <laughs> He actually saw a UFO, him and his son did in the desert. And he sent me a text and I was like, oh, you know, holy crap. And then, um, so if he saw a UFO, then I'm not, um, I believe that he, that he saw a UFO. If, uh, yeah. You know. so, yeah. I'm, I, so it's just like, 
And it's not necessarily that they have to be of a certain size. I mean, you know, it's just, we have, we have our, um, just like, you know, just like Western, uh, Western uh, world problems or first world problems where we have our take on things where, and other people are just like, why, why is that your take? Because there are so many other things in life and, and maybe even aliens, you know, they're like, uh, maybe they're not aliens. Maybe we're the aliens. And they're like, why do you think you're the big guy in this dimension? We've been around you this whole time. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, it's like when, who was put to death Galileo because he said that the earth was not the center of the universe. I think, um, you know, I do, I mean, and actually when you were saying your friend Del saw a UFO in the desert, which is Ken Lane lives in Yucca Valley right next to Joshua tree. Yeah. Um, and there's been a lot of people who go out there specifically looking for, mm-hmm. and now they call it something else. It's not a UFO anymore. I can't remember the name. Oh, is that not politically correct? Is I, that like racist against <laughs> aliens? I don't, you know, it's more specific. It's more scientific. I can't remember the what it's called now, but. We're not unidentified. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're, yeah, there, we have identities, um, but I, <laughs> When I was, I remember this now that you were saying that about your friend. When I was a kid, I was probably 12 or 11 or 12. We, my parents still live in Libertyville and it was the house before they're in now. And one night in the middle of the night, I remember getting up for, and I wasn't prone to waking up in the middle of the night, but I remember waking up and going to the window and looking out into the backyard at, you know, it was probably like two or three in the morning. I didn't look at the clock and there was this orange it looked like a big ornament just suspended in the sky, like out in the backyard hovering. And I just remember looking at it for, um, I don't know how long, 30 seconds, a minute. And I wasn't afraid at all. And I was just like, that is very odd. And that must be a UFO. And it just sort of hung there. And it was, I don't think it was a weather balloon. I know that's often what they explain, you know, these sightings as, or a military exercise or something like that. But and it just sort of, I don't remember if it just kind of drifted off and disappeared, but I remember thinking like that was a UFO and not being afraid and just feeling sort of a sense of well-being. And then that was it. You know, I just, I wasn't freaked out. I must've gone back to bed and the next morning I, and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't like under the influence of drugs or alcohol. Um, and so it was just one of those singular moments where you you remember seeing something unusual and not being afraid and just thinking like, that's, yeah, that's a UFO. So whether it was or not, I have no idea, but it just struck me as a likely explanation if they do in fact exist. And and, and that's interesting how, how you saw it because it doesn't have to look like what we have um, cartoonized uh, in our brains, what a UFO looks like through the years, like Twilight Zone, Twilight Zone segment UFOs. It's like right. UFO could be like a mist. I mean, they don't. It doesn't have to be. It's it's you know not everything's our um, our realm, our solid desks or whatever. It could be right. You know, it could be gaseous or what or yeah. some an element or something like that. It can't. It does. I mean, that's the thing I always think about. Like our minds can only conceive of things in a certain way. Right. So, you know, it, it was just, it was like Halloween orange and it was glowing and it was 
but it was very benign. Yeah. And um, I think probably other people who cited UFOs, I'm guessing some of them have had similar experiences, but I just, you know, remember being struck now all these years later thinking like there, it was not frightening. And I, and it was as if I'd been called to the window because I, as I said, I didn't make a habit of waking up in the middle of the night and going to the window. Right. It's just a very unusual experience for me, but not at all frightening. Yeah. I'm in, I believe I, 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 and I don't say that facetiously. I'm like, you know, it's, you know, it's, I just, if may, why do we think it's just us? You know? Yeah. I, I, it's, I mean, it's, it seems a very limiting, limited view. I mean, I'm not, I don't like the war of the worlds, you know, that type of stuff is frightening, but I'm kind of like, Compared to what we do to each other, what people do to each other, and what we were doing to the planet and other species, it's kind of like any alien force that comes to do whatever, it's not necessarily going to be any worse than what we are doing already. Unless you've watched Doctor Who. <laughs> I don't. I <laughs> oh, don't. Wait, uh, Doctor, Doctor, uh, the David Tennant years and the um there's been a good there's been a good some good seasons but yeah a lot of the times aliens are trying to destroy earth or trying to take something from earth and it's all good fun well that's going to be the view of the powers that be here like right exactly fighting here and And, looking up on weapons and you know all the usual bs yeah it's i mean what that does is just create job opportunities (laughs) right we can make let's 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 see we've We've done everything. We have everything we need. What kind of uh, way can we bring an in income? Fear, fear of the other. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, it's been pretty successful in keeping, you know, the DEFCON, you know, the defense contractors in, in the green, they're, they're getting lots of green. I mean, yeah. anyway, I, I know it's a very cynical sort of cliched view, but I, as far as you know, just the the warmongering and everything that was. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, what was there was that movie that Nicolas Cage was in? Was it called War Games or something? Where um, Warlords. What's that? When he played an arms dealer. That yeah, one? yeah, yeah. And it's just you, you watch a movie like that, and you're just like, oh, yep, that's probably how the whole thing works. It's just, it just doesn't even matter. It's it, what matters is what you can sell. That what it does to actual people over there that doesn't matter. What, but let's sell it. You know, I was talking the other day. This is sort of related to that. I don't know. Did you watch? Maybe we've talked about this before. Narcos. Did you see those? Any of those seasons? Uh, no, the- I didn't. I didn't. That. I mean, I have to say that's like one of the best series I've ever seen. It's yeah. so smart and just the fact that like the products that are most likely to make people an ungodly amount of money drugs alcohol yeah guns i mean it's like they're the worst things for us probably so it's it's so hilarious i mean i you know i like to enjoy going to happy hour but at the same time the utter stupidity of putting alcohol poison into our bodies and then it's just like you know you, you step back and think about it for a second and go this could be a tea house if 100 years ago (laughs) <laughs> you know, the money was in tea. We could be sitting there having, you know, oolong, and it would be the same thing, except without all the, uh, without all the bad side effects and the the fights, without all the 
in righteous indignity that comes with three shots of Jameson and a beer. Well, the thing that I think is, you know, one of the things that they said in Narcos more than once was just how like the U.S. was the biggest consumer of illegal drugs. Mm. And, you know, no country does as much, does as many drugs as we do. And, and that, of course, includes the pharmaceutical industry. I don't, I don't know if you saw Dope Sick, the adaptation of this journal. No, I need to see that. Is that the Michael It's really good. I mean, it's really good, but just like the amount of pain that people are in, you know, whether it's like from childhood or whatever it is, whatever the sources are, or if it's just like navel gazing. I have a good friend who was saying one of her kids was his has been driving her batshit lately about like, he keeps saying, you know, that she's traumatized him (laughs) and she's very angry about this because he's like this, you know, very privileged middle-class white kid who's never had to work a part-time job and he's in college and he is working a job in college, but she's like, you know, furious about him blaming her. And I'm just saying like, this is adolescence. Like it's not her doing things. It's the fact that we all, you know, our adolescences are just hard. And, but then of course, adulthood is even worse for a lot of us. We might be smarter, but we're the ones paying the bills usually. So it's, it's, but I, I mean, like, I mean, and this is not like just American, like uniquely yeah. American, but I, I was just, I just was thinking about, you know, why do we use so many drugs? Well, also the problem is we're told from birth, basically, that we should be able to pursue happiness and have whatever we want. When in fact, like a very tiny percentage of us are able to live these lives that we're being told we should aspire to and and have you know wild wealth and access to everything w- that we desire and of course it, it's you know this is well-trod territory but those desires are not once if we do achieve these things we realize like this is I'm still not happy I just need more so you know I think of course that all feeds into the pain and then then the desire to not feel pain and medicate and all that whether it's like Prozac or Oxycontin or cocaine or heroin it's it's yeah I mean it's it's really interesting if you start thinking and it's horrifying too it's interesting the pursuit of happiness because I've I've come to realize I don't know when I've started to realize this but it's like I don't think we want happiness I think we want struggle like our like we like we yeah. want struggle and and it's not just like struggle but it's like we want the puzzle and then we need to fix something. So and when there's nothing to fix then I think that's when people kind of you know really start to lose yeah. it. So so yeah. it's so it's I've learned steer the struggle because if you don't steer the struggle the struggle comes for you. So what so what do I struggle on? I struggle on writing a book uh, and trying to make it, you know, good enough to get out on a shelf kind of thing. And if I, and if I could steer that struggle, then my brain goes, oh yeah, we're good on the struggle. So uh, I guess I'm not going to do, you know, I'm not going to put you in a drive-by shooting situation yet. (laughs) Well, that would be synchronicity. That would be a little more on that end. (laughs) I mean, I do think it's true. Like the, and also we don't usually know when we're happy until after. Yeah. Happens. So that's confusing. And, and um, I was, I listened to another podcast. Um, well, a couple, your friend Megan Daum, I listen to her unspeakable pretty often. And then, oh, yeah, yeah. 
and then um, Mind Body Green, which is this really good health health related podcast. And just um, there's people they've shown that if people are told to specifically pursue happiness, they're much less likely to actually report being happy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. they get checked in with you know whoever's leading the study and yeah, it's you. Can, it's just like water; you can't hold it. You know, right. it's, you can't hold it in your hand. It's just not feasible. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, it's like, I mean, <clears throat> I was at the cafe today, which I get to go to the cafe every day and write and read. I mean, that's part of my routine. And and I sit there reading and, you know, I'm struggling with stuff with in other areas of life. But just the beauty, I, I, I always sit back and go, Tony, remember when you had to work those warehouse jobs? Remember when you had terrible bosses? Remember when you had to clock in at 9 a.m. and didn't get the clock out till 6 p.m. and you were too tired to read? And it's just, and I could sit there at 10 a.m. at a cafe and read Proust. What, yeah. what kind of life is this? This is this is the wealth as I sit at Coffee Bean in Los Feliz. And you know, it's things around me are irritating me. Like those people that do Zoom calls at cafes now. I, I don't know if you've seen that. That's no. happened like the past two years. Every, people are all, they're all doing their zoom calls at cafes. I interrupt some of them sometimes. Usually if it's, if it's a woman, I won't interrupt her. I just walk away. If it's a dude, I'll interrupt it and go, well, Hey, how's everyone doing? So, <laughs> who are you talking to? They're cool. Hey, what's up? My name is Tony. Just walk right through it. It's just, I, Cause if yeah. you're going to do it in my realm, I'm going to, I'm going to make sure I'm in your realm. So. Yeah, people, I don't think there's much of a separation between public and private anymore because people do air their dirty laundry routinely on social media now. So yeah. no shame. Plus there's like, you know, people posting pornographic pictures on Twitter and it's just kind of like, I, I'm glad there's- Wait, only- what Wait, what account? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember. It was some porn star who was doing a book event at Los Feliz and I was looking, or at Skylight in Los Feliz and I was- looking it up and I was like, oh, I wonder what's her book about. And then it's like all these pics of her having sex oh. with three men and stuff. And oh, like, Jesus. Wow. That's crazy. I didn't realize Twitter posted porn. Yeah, porn. I didn't either. That's funny. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah this it, was a it, couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, it's, they it's, censored. I think they do. Swipe left. Even Musk, who knows? <laughs> it's kind of like a burning trash heap now. So I, I'm not sure what's going on. I'm, I'm still on it marginally, but um, yeah. I was thinking about Twitter when it started the other day because was, I was just going through a divorce. I was having a really rough time. I was working on uh, Jesus Jerk, and I was at a cafe, and this guy next to me, I'm in San Francisco, this guy next to me had his phone on Twitter, and it kept ringing and vibrating on every single tweet he got. And it was just like, and that was back in the day when it was like, do you want notifications on your Twitter? So oh, it was yeah. like, and that th- that's when it would only ring and vibrate maybe one, every a minute or so. And finally, I was like, would you turn off? I was just like, turn off your notifications. Um, You're driving me crazy. I was just had it. And he turned them off. <laughs> that I was like, don't, yeah, I don't and I'm like, oh, my God, I wish that I wish that was the level of um, of uh, ignorance and arrogance now. But no, they're on Zoom calls and speakerphones and people. Well, no, I remember this, too, like long ago when the VCR became sort of a household fixture and people just started talking a lot more in the movie theater. Because I think they, oh. they were sitting at home in their living room with their husband or wife or kid or whoever, parents, 
And they could just talk about like, you know, people would ask like, well, what does that mean? Or what, what, ha-? I mean, we always, we, I would whisper that question very quietly, right. but then people just started sort of speaking almost at full volume after the VCR. So yeah. yeah. Now, of course, people hardly go to the movie theater anymore, unfortunately. I know. Yeah. It's like- I did see one of the funniest movies I've seen ever, Blackberry. I don't know if I mentioned that when I Oh, saw it. I need to see that. That sounds it is good. so good. It is yeah. so good. It's a Canadian, I think it's a Canadian movie or it was funded by. Oh, uh, I hate Canadians. Okay, forget it. I'm sure you don't but it's it's so good and the one of the main characters is also the writer director is this actor writer director I haven't seen Mm. before his name is Matt Johnson oh yeah the first half hour is so funny I mean literally I don't think I've seen a funnier first half hour it was so good oh cool I can't can't wait to watch it I'll end up assigning it to my students um so yeah watch it's it again so and again and again and it's funny because you know that blackberry didn't survive the iphone so you're watching its rise and fall and yeah. the first half hour is sort of like the underdog triumphing with the help of this like amoral mba harvard grad who just stomps on everyone in their way and you're rooting for him even though he's the biggest asshole <laughs> he's just like but the guy who plays him is on Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Glenn Howerton. I hadn't, I don't watch that show, so I hadn't seen him before. He was incredible. Like huh. he was just perfect as the sort of anti-hero. He was great. It was a oh. really, really good movie. And I love anti-hero movies as well. Yeah. The, and the, the pro- two guys who play the main brain, the you know, like one of them is this is the main brain behind Blackberry, and then his partner. I don't know if they're both engineers, but Jay Baruchel, I think I said his name properly. I think he was on Parks and Rec. I don't remember, but they're just great. Yeah. Such a good movie. And it was fun. We saw it in the theater up just up the street here in Pasadena. So it was. It were was people nice... talking? No, because there were probably only like 12 people. Oh. So it's just, they, it's this, they, this, comp, this, I don't know if it's, it's not Arclight. But it, landmark, they took over the Lemley in Pasadena. So there's oh, okay. there's reclining seats, and you have to reserve them ahead of time, and it's kind of unconscionably expensive, like seventeen dollars for a ticket. Right, right. It's now becoming routine, but yeah, yeah. It's like in Los Feliz, we got the Los Feliz three in American Cinematique. And I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. Took over the main theater, which is great because they'll show like thirty five millimeter stuff oh, in there cool. and i got i get no problem paying 15 bucks to get in and hang out and watch no that's them. i mean that's the going rate like even yeah. before the pandemic it was like around 14 or 15 for a regular well, before the pandemic at los Feliz three and at the vista um during the day it was five bucks wow so i had my whole routine where i would have my i would have my coffee and do my writing in the morning and then go see a matinee and then i would go back to the same cafe and have all my edits from the night before and do all my redlining it was it, it was like five bucks i was just like I'll, I'll see whoever and then i would i would end up seeing like good tom cruise movies and i was just like i i wanted to hate that damn it <laughs> and it was actually good yeah, yeah he's made some good ones let's let's face it i know i know <laughs> he's a terrible father and uh uh you know a, a, a flag for a, a cult but <laughs> But dang it, I will be at the the next Mission Impossible opening day. So really, opening oh. day? That's well, not good. opening day. Like three weeks. I'm I'm a three weeks later, 10 a.m. Uh, showtime guy. Yeah, I'm wondering if he's still. 
insisting on doing his own stunts. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, the insurance costs alone, I mean, it's got to be crazy. And he's also 60 now, I think. I mean, it's just, even if he yeah. is fit, it's probably not a good idea to do your own stunts. Man, even if he is like still 22. in such great shape, though. He's got to be, like, in the shape of a 35-year-old. You know, Scientology does work when you're in those saunas and they're like giving you the right vitamin mix. Glucosamine endorsed by Scientology, Church of Scientology. Yeah, sometimes yeah. I take my walks around the neighborhood and I'm like, okay, do I want to go by the fentanyl tents or do I want to walk through Scientology? It's just, <laughs> it, and it, you know, sometimes I'm just like, I'd rather walk through the tents and not deal with a bunch of, you know, weird smiling faces with glasses. Oh, you mean eyes. actual home, home. Oh, they just, they just, it's just, la- yeah. it's just, it's layout and you have to walk over me. And I'm like. Man, that's what I miss San Francisco. Cause I'm like, I've lived through this through many years and you walk through that and go see a great band. <laughs> you, it's just like, yeah, it's like, uh, there's a very different layout in LA. You walk over that and there's just another parking lot. It's just, there's nothing to lift you up. You know, when you're. It, I, I don't know who's going to do it, but I mentioned the Nobel peace prize before, but if someone can figure out a viable solution to help, with the homeless or the unhoused as it's that's the new well yeah well i think there's it's just it's so important it needs to happen yeah and there's just the it's the drug addiction thing it's just like there's there's components to it where it's just like they need to they you know they have solutions and there's many um people who don't want to go into housing because they're like and we're going to test your pee and they're like nope i'd rather be out in the streets it's true yeah. yeah, I remember reading something about that recently. I can't remember where it was. But also, apparently, the federal government had millions of dollars that they gave the city of L.A. to help with this, to help create new housing or shelters or, you know, address the problem. But apparently the people, the organizations in charge of, there were at least a couple, they were incapable of coming to some sort of agreement. They had to send the money back. Oh, wow. This was in the LA Times last year, I think at some point. So it's kind of like, doesn't help when the people who are supposed to be experts at this can't even fucking agree on how to spend money that was given to them by the federal government to right. help people. It's, it's the it's, same I mean, thing. Anyway, it's, another. Yeah, it's the hey, same the thing. the aliens like, when we need them? Let's just suck up. <laughs> Let's just like, abduct these. Yeah, it's the it's same nothing. thing if your whole career is on cancer research. And it's just like, you don't want to, you don't want to cure cancer because then you lose your career. I mean, <laughs> it's just, well, that's the thing too. like another, this is related people who have parents or themselves, they're dealing with memory loss or the onset of dementia. Again, I mentioned mind, body green. There was a neurologist who is also, I think he deals with, maybe he's a functional, he works with functional medicine. He said that they've done numerous studies, which have shown that Actually, if you address diet with people who are experiencing signs of dementia, it's you can actually reverse it. But the problem is the you know the pharmaceutical industry they just want to try to create the magic bullet with a pill because they're going to make billions. Right. And the pill that they did have that it just was dangerous. I think it was causing like I don't know if it was brain bleeding or what, but. You can actually address so much, as you know, from lowering your cholesterol without yeah. changing yeah. your diet, 
working, changing changing lifestyle regular extra like it doesn't even have to be strenuous exercise no like walking uh, yeah you can just walk two or three or four miles a day but yeah. you can actually reverse dementia to a certain extent if you really i mean i you'd have to i don't know which foods but like you were saying non-processed foods whole foods are the ones those are the ones that are going to help people yeah and it's and the, and the thing you know i never say i'm gonna go on a diet i'm just like i need to change my lifestyle to lose weight and it's just like there's no end to it the lifestyle is just now changed <laughs> it's just like <laughs> yes. you know yeah. it's not like oh man i can't wait until i can eat a whole chocolate cake again you it's just like, you're, yeah, yeah. You're and, wait off. You can't. and even saying yeah. that out loud is like i don't want to eat chocolate cake because i haven't had it in so long there's it's you know let's give me a smoothie <laughs> oh i'm so <laughs> that's, la that's i'm so impressive. los angeles what happened to me <laughs> I just like, I, I worry that my, like, I think women, especially like apparently we're starting in our twenties and thirties with our diets. If we're just eating improperly, that's, they can already tell if they do a brain scan that certain women are much more predisposed for dementia based on probably huh. a lot of sugar or, you know, things like that. So I'm thinking like, oh my God, those pink snowballs, <laughs> but <at the laughs> time, I'm not, I'm like, you know what? Something's going to kill me. Wouldn't it be just like, terrible or just hilarious at the same time you're in perfect shape you just got a great report on your blood panel and then you go out and get hit by a bus i mean that's the thing i'm kind of right. like oh, that snowball right. so i'm gonna eat it right not six of them but i do want one so right yeah it's like winning the lottery and getting hit by a bus yeah. great job yeah, yeah. Great job. But, i mean under, i understand there are people who have like drugs food addictions where you can't it's like they can't just eat one you know, they have right. to eat the whole box and then they got to go oh, get another box. And that's, yeah. And I understand, I mean, I cannot, like, I, you know, when I used to do all night uh, rewrites and stuff, my, the only thing I can do that would keep me up at night and keep me cognizant and in my work was eating Doritos and drinking Diet Coke. And so that's, and I would just eat a bag of the, the and I'm not talking the little bag. I'm talking You're a talking big like bag of Doritos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And it's like just you know, and oh, then it's like so six a.m. Dorito dust on me with like you know, and I'm oh. like, and I'm sending my rewrites in because they're due at like six thirty a.m. And um, but it's just like I I know never to open. A, I never I know to never have one Dorito now. I mean this you know this was more than ten years ago, but it was just like no, I can't have one. And then they're made that way. They're chemically made where you can't have one because your brain just goes. It's true. It's more. true. No, I I mean, I totally get it. There's um apparently there's a phenomenon where when you eat something that stimulates you like sugar or alcohol or fat or what or salt, your brain has all these it's like a toggle where immediately as soon as you eat the first chip, it's like already thinking about how am I going to get more. Yeah. So you have the thing that's so hard to do but it's essential is you you have to actually train yourself to wait it wait it out because it will go away, but most yeah. people can't do that because yeah. you just immediately want to get more, and but like I've noticed like if I'm at my desk working and I'm eating chocolate or something and then it's gone and I think oh my god I really want but if I don't get up and go get more right away then I, within five minutes or even fewer minutes I'm I don't want it. Like so. the, yeah, the Trader Joe's peanut butter cup, the little packs. 
I get one of those when I go shopping. I'll never get the tub because that tub is gone in a day. <laughs> I'm sure that would be. Yeah, yeah. So I just get the yeah. little one. And then I go to Trader Joe's maybe, you know, almost twice a week. So I get my little one, have that. And then it's just like, then there's no more in the house. And my whole body's going, we need more. We need more. And I'm like, yeah. I want to go to Trader Joe's now because it's you're you're crazy. So it's so it's so darn hard to. Yeah. I mean, if you're not in the habit, you know, of rationing stuff like that, right. or there's like a scarcity mentality that you have from whenever childhood or, right. or yeah. punitive, you know, I just like, I just think about, I've witnessed a few women in the last couple of years, like telling, especially their daughters, well, if you want a cupcake, you got to go run two miles you know, on vacation, I saw this last summer, this family, because it was with my partner whose family owns a cottage in Michigan. And they, it's like adult summer camp, but people bring their kids and stuff. So this one woman was like, well, if you want cake, you gotta, you gotta make sure you go for a, a run. And her daughter's maybe 12 or 13. And I'm thinking there's an eating disorder waiting to happen if yeah, it hasn't yeah, already. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, it's not easy. I mean, I don't, I, you know, people raise their kids probably as as well as they can, but anorexia is incredibly difficult to, to get rid of. Like it's just, yeah, and, and kids so metabolisms hard. are different and they just need to go play with each other. Okay. Now go, uh, here's a ball. Boom. And then there's like, <laughs> and no, boom, everyone boom. sits like people are very sedentary. I mean, that's a problem too. Of yeah. course. I'm glad that I grew up in the seventies and all we did was like run around and play ghosts in the graveyard and, yeah. Rover, Red Rover and ride our bikes. And, you know, that was really fortunate because yeah. now it's difficult to get your yeah. kids to do stuff. like. And you also people are just like afraid there's going to be like a pedophile waiting down the street to like abduct their children, which is highly unlikely. But I mean, right. There's probably would... more then. I there mean, was... probably <laughs> because there wasn't as much vigilance. Right. And kids didn't have cell phones. But of course, then there's online predators anyway. But this is, you know, uh, yeah. I, keep, I keep like bringing us into these dark places. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Sorry, well, those, what, no, what's great about it is uh, <laughs> you bring us to these dark places. And then it just reminds me of me and you just having our uh, coffee hangouts. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I feel bad. It's always like rah, 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 you know, like. No, it's great. This is, if any, so essentially, this is what it sounds. If, if you've ever wondered what it's like when me and Christine meet up for coffee, it's this, uh, you just heard it. <laughs> <laughs> right but it fortunately it's more like publishing related <laughs> right no it, it, you, you, yeah yeah you heard it without us mentioning names <laughs> people yeah. who need to die and uh, yeah i, I want to do that podcast where we uh mention names and uh no i don't ever want to do that podcast. no well you know we're we're i think we're both pretty supportive of our friends and oh most people yeah then there's yeah some i mean it definitely yeah. people we admire i know i mean every industry has people who you wish would fall down a manhole yeah you know whatever industry you're in yeah. but yeah yeah I, yeah i think i even told you about the one guy where i had to block him on social media and he's a pretty big author and i'm just like dude whatever like weird thing you have going on with me yeah it's stop <laughs> You know, I learned something really interesting. Um, I'm listening to Megan's podcast right now. I think she, it's an evolutionary biologist, her new episode that just dropped. Mm -hmm. And 
she defined borderline personality disorder. And if I remember correctly, she said women are more prone to them than men, but men have them too. But they're but they're the reason why they're called borderline is because they're almost considered like a certifiable mental illness. Yeah. But they're not like from the DSM, but uh -huh. there's there's like a sort of you know, there's a psychosis or some sort of punitive interaction that, and also very neurotic, which women, apparently this biologist or psychologist, again, I can't remember her exact title was saying women are, apparently it is verifiable that women do have more neurotic tendencies than men. Like we worry so much more about, you know, like if we have sort of an ambiguous interaction with someone we ruminate over it and brood over it longer than men are likely to do if they do at all and yeah. but I, mean, I know men who who do do that so it's not again just like I, yeah I, I and it's, I, I feel like I'm that guy that does that but I also I think I tend to have um I tend to have like female qualities when it comes to sensitivity and empathy a lot more yeah. than most of my fella friends I know yeah. And I mean, my partner is probably as neurotic, if not more than I am. And that's saying yeah. something like that's he, yeah, that's why I like yeah. him, because when I met him, I'm just like, oh, yeah, no, you, you, <laughs> you can just smell it on each other. You're just like, sup, dude. Yep. What's up? And it's like, all right, I guess we both. Right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> no, I mean, there are certainly exceptions, but it was interesting to and I think but but yeah, I mean, I think men were long ago, men were out like wielding spears and women were at right no we need to go hunting and bitching <laughs> about whatever and trying to get work done and you know whatever it was we were doing and long ago yeah. but i think we had more time to think about our thoughts and also think about our feelings maybe evolutionarily i mean this is obviously like many many eons ago now I you, I saw the photo of the cake that was the duplicate of your cover of your book Direct Sunlight. Yes. How yes. did the cake taste? You know it was quite good. Yeah. It was vanilla with um strawberries in the middle between the two layers and then there was sort of a chocolate thick chocolate frosting and then on top of that was like more white frosting and then they had the book cover in frosting on it too so it was like half an inch of frosting now that i gotta tell you that book that book cover like was looked like it was a book they did so good on that yeah. on that they do cake. they do a, whatever bakery the bookseller in chicago Susie takis is the owner she does that if you have a a release party there okay i need to remember that for when dream casting comes out he Yay. says out into the future of 2024 early 2025 maybe. have you submitted it to your agent or has it already no started? so what happened so i we haven't talked in a while and i'll tell you this uh, while on air what happened was my a story that i started with which i think uh i told you about the dream world and all the celebrities involved i think we talked about it maybe a little yes, bit. yes. that kind of became the c story because the because the characters developed more and more and more and I had a um, the last uh, like three weeks ago. I was like, "Oh my god, I need to kill that story. It can't be like that because that's upstaging the the new A story." Um, so there, you know, I I had many celebrities named in the book, and I you know I wasn't I had no problem with my agent was going to say, "You know what? We can't do this," and I would be like. 
you know, and if the reason was for censorship, then I'd be like, fine, I'll just go out and do it with someone else. But now the reason is not censorship. The reason is for me that it's losing the the more important part of the story. And um, and I sent it to a friend of mine and um, he was and I told him I was just like, dude, I was like, I think I totally screwed up and this and this and this. And he's kind of a celebrity, too. And he was giving me notes like as he was reading it. And uh, and then what? And on one page, he's like, "Dude, are you trying to get a defamation lawsuit?" <laughs> and, uh, and then uh, maybe not a good idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it, but I was just like, but as I was in that realm, I was like, "No, this joke is funny. I don't care. It's satire." And then all of a sudden, I was like, "Oh my god, no!" It's I when I did a re reread before I started the next rewrite, I was like. It's upstaging. It's upstaging the book. They're going to remember that and not what the not what the character's arc is. And I was like, oh, man. So I sent I sent him the note before he sent me the rest of his notes. I was like, dude, I think this, this, this and this. And he's like, that is astonishing because those were the exact notes I was going to send to you. I was trying to figure out how to formulate it. And I was like, oh, so I got another probably two or three months now on the book because I need to redo a lot of stuff. So. It sounds, you know, like the work is, I mean, you've been working really hard. I know you've been doing draft after draft, but it sounds like yeah. you're enjoying it. Um, Yeah. No, when I get into Being it. on the whole. Yeah. It's like, and why, because I started, I thought I was done three months ago. So I started my new book. So that's been my mistress. So I've been having so much fun with that. And I'm just like, ah. I was even working on that today. I'm like, hello, darling. How have you been? Kiss, kiss. <laughs> so I can get back to uh, working on uh, dream casting tonight. And um, and I can be like, hey, what's up, old lady? You know, and we can just like, ah, with each other. So it's exciting to have a new project. I, I mean, there's like more energy and it's not so familiar. It's like, wow. it, it's like sex. It's totally like sex. You're just like, oh, wow. Where did this come from? Oh my God. <laughs> You're right. That's you, a really wait. good analogy. Yeah. Oh, wait. Oh, well, that feels different. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. You're kind of crazy. You're crazier than the other one, you know? And it's just, <laughs> um, I, yeah. I mean, it sounds, you know, a lot of fun and I liked what I know about dream casting. So I'm good. Is this other one speculative in, na- in nature? No, no. It, it's not it's, it's so i'm having a lot more fun with i'm not the world building i had to do with this one was just out of control i'm just like all right it did sound really complicated but you, yeah I and now thinking. it's even more complicated because i found uh i found something new as i've been doing the rewrites but it's good it's good complicated because then it lends itself to serialization procedural anyway not to be so uh, vague about about a problem. Well, I think it's a good idea to guard stuff kind of closely. A bit, when it's yeah, yeah, sort of yeah. In embryonic. I mean, I'm guessing. I don't. don't uh, yeah, I don't guard. I don't guard it in person, but I I'll guard it on a podcast before you know. JJ yeah. Abrams goes. That's a great idea, and then because I'm sure <laughs> he listens. James Patterson. <laughs> He's got like. How many books coming out every month? Two or three? Yeah, yeah. Well, he can have the idea because I think we'll execute it in very different ways. (laughs) I'll just send it to him. Well, that's, yeah, it's uh, it's really helpful because I always think when people are sending out new work, if you're not working on something else, it's really easy to get depressed about. Oh, that's the only reason I do it. So I'm not a jerk. It's just like, so I'm not an awful person. I have to have the next project going. (laughs) 
even if the next project doesn't make any sense, but it's kind of making a lot of sense in a really uh, silly, stupid way. So, well, and that's I, how that's how Dreamcasting started. It was silly, stupid. So I, I enjoy no, starting um, it silly. There's the you probably know of the thousand words of summer that Jamie Attenberg is. She actually has a book coming out about that next year. But mm. um, people for two weeks, and I guess this is day four. Uh, you write a thousand words for 14 days. Mm. A lot of people sign on to do it. I don't think it necessarily means you're going to write anything that good, but at least you'll right. get a, you know, get a lot of words down yeah. and then you can sift through it and keep working. And I, yeah. it seems like I was going to do it today, but I haven't yet gotten to it because I've been working on a new post for my sub stack. And uh, while you're in promotion mode, it's so hard. To... I mean, I have, an event next week and then i have one online in mid-july and then i don't have another one till the end of august Wait, what's the, the, what's the one next week is it in la, in LA? chevaliers with colette sartor actually and and what's the date on it the 28th it's i guess that's a wednesday yeah June it's a wednesday. 28th because this, 6 p.m this, yeah 6 p.m chevaliers that's how you pronounce it i never know how to pronounce it i just i just go the 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 book the book place in larchmont <laughs> Yeah, it's, well, it, means, it means knight with a K. Oh, okay, French okay. oh. word. Right, yeah, because yeah. you even you you were a French major and uh, or you took French in high school. I was, or, I was uh, a in French college. Major. What's the what's the one yeah. after high school? College, yeah, yeah. <laughs> college, yeah, yeah. Well, Christine, thank you so much for coming on the show. Well, thank you for inviting me. It's always so good to see you and talk to you. The people are, we'd better fly away. Then they shook their little green antennas, scratched their purple hair. Said this planet is an awful menace. Let's go back to where we came from. Two little men in a flying saucer just didn't care to stay. No, no. Said it's too peculiar here Headed for the stratosphere And quickly flew away Now they took a look In Medlitz Field in Brooklyn When the Dodgers played a baseball game hey! Heard all the screaming Said we must be dreaming Cause this planet is during their mission, heard a politician making speeches as they traveled by. Gabble, gabble, gabble. But they departed faster than they started, cause the hot air blew them sky high. Two little men in a flying saucer flew down to earth one day. Listen to 
television show and said, let's fly away. They got their fill of commercial jingles and they were heard to say, all the people seem to be living in a nursery, we'd better fly away. Traveled all around and once they'd seen us, said, let's head for space. We were better off on Mars and Venus. Goodness, what a place to live in. Two little men in a flying saucer just didn't care to stay. No, no. Crossed a crowded thoroughfare. Saw the hats the women wear. And quickly flew away. One look and then they flew away. You're listening to 101.9 FM KPCRLP Santa Cruz. Yeah. 